All right, welcome to the Institute of Biblical Defense. My name is Pat, one of the pastors at Trinity Bible Fellowship. Joining me today in the studio is Pastor Phil Fernandez, who is the senior pastor at Trinity Bible Fellowship and the president of the Institute of Biblical Defense. We've recently started a radio program in Philadelphia. And uh, right now, I would just like to turn this over to uh, Pastor Phil Fernandez to actually tell us a little bit about your ministry and how it started and where do you see it going? Yeah, thanks, Pat. Uh, you know, I originally uh, grew up in Essex County, New Jersey. So that's uh, now that I'm in Washington State, that's not not real far from Philadelphia. And I used to be a boxer and fought some guys from Philly. They got good fighters out there. And uh, and uh, but uh when I was 20 years old, I joined the uh, United States Marine Corps, and one thing led to another. I came to Christ, and um, after I finished my time in the Marine Corps, I stayed in Washington State, married my bride, and um, began to do studies then through Liberty University. And so it was in 1988 when I started Trinity Bible Fellowship, just with a few people, and um, we began to uh, began to grow, but I realized I was preaching apologetics messages. Uh, apologetics is the defense of the Christian faith. It was going over people's heads. So by 1990, I founded the Institute of Biblical Defense to train Christians in defending the faith. And I tried to keep my sermons a little bit more basic. Um, but pretty much all the sermons that I preach, and then you're one of my assistant pastors, you do some preaching there as well. You know, people can go to Sermon Audio. You give that site on the... Uh, uh, for everybody to turn to. And so they can listen to our sermons on sermon audio. And we're also on radio in the Seattle area now, Philadelphia. And we're probably, you know, used to do it in Arizona and in uh, uh, New Mexico. But uh, so that's Trinity Bible Fellowship, Institute of Biblical Defense. We've been training um, guys and gals and how to defend the Christian faith, how to provide evidence for God's existence how to provide evidence for Jesus' resurrection and the Bible as God's word. And, um, and I, I do some, uh, some uh, uh, professors, you know, some teaching for Veritas International University out of Southern California. I think they're going to be moving to New Mexico. I'm a professor of apologetics and uh, religion for them. And, um, and so I've got a whole bunch of different ministries, teach full-time at a Christian high school, Bible, philosophy, world religions. But I really do specialize in Christian apologetics, defending uh, the Christian faith. And so it's great to be on here in Philadelphia where we can get uh, get the word out there and uh, probably be answering some Bible questions as the, the weeks go on and things of that sort. So Really looking forward to that. Got a great staff there. You're one of my assistants, John McCarthy, Willis Henry, uh, the other the other two assistants, and uh, so just a local church in Bremerton, Washington, and um, and then I speak around the country, not as much as I used to as I get up in years, uh, but speak around the country defending the Christian faith. Used to take debates, debated at Princeton and university of north carolina chapel hill state university of new york wazoo washington state university and uh, so i've had about 30 public debates in defense of the christian faith i've authored um uh, about a dozen books including the atheist delusion a christian response to christopher hitchens and richard dawkins hijacking the historical jesus and um uh the fernandez guide to apologetic methodologies those could be ordered from amazon.com so we're just trying to get the word out. We know that our culture is turning on Christianity, 
and uh, the days are short, and so we're trying to get the word out to as many people as possible. But we also encourage the pastors and the local churches to start uh, preparing the men in the congregation uh, to uh, pastor home churches, because eventually the church will have to go underground Absolutely. in America, just as it has in in China and Iran and other places like that throughout the world. So, uh, so, but it's just uh, an honor to be on in Philadelphia, and uh, I apologize for punching guys from Philly, and um, I think they if they if they're saved now, they apologize for punching me, but uh, enjoyed boxing Philly fighters and trying to trying to get past the Philly shell there uh, with their uh, boxing technique, a uh, good defensive style. So, uh, but that's about it for the, uh, the uh, you know, pastoring the local church and doing apologetics work and then teaching at a high school and, and just trying to disciple people. And we're, you know, we'll do quantity evangelism, try to reach as many people as possible through the radio, through the internet. But uh, but really, where it's really happening, we want to encourage our listeners on this. It's quality discipleship. You know, God became a man and spent the bulk of his time discipling twelve guys, one of whom was a traitor, and um, and so we need that hands-on quality discipleship, training people to be Christian leaders, yes, rather than just gathering spectators and followers. Jesus didn't say, "Come follow me, and I'll make you fish." He said, come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. And so that's what it's yeah. about. Amen. And if we can get the word out to as many people as possible, great. But really do that one-on-one, you know, uh, uh, discipleship and find, find it, you know, work your way to about a dozen people where you're, you're discipling people, people who come to you, your mission field, come to you for um, spiritual advice your friends, your relatives, your neighbors, your coworkers, and just try to di- disciple them and, and train them to disciple others so that they'll train others to disciple others. It's a second Timothy chapter two, verse two thing right there. So, so what would be your number one? <clears throat> like right now we see the culture, uh, kind of a loaded question, but we see the culture where it's going right now. Uh, it used to be, it was okay if you didn't believe and stuff, but now it's almost, uh, you're being attacked mm-hmm. and we see that like culturally right now, really bad that you, you claim you're a Christian and, and, and I guess address the, the new believer, yeah. I guess is what I'm looking at is how do you address someone when you, when they're new to the faith and stuff, and then you've got your coworkers, your family, uh, just in general, the general population, you have these atheists and these individuals that have an agenda, I'll call it the uh, the alphabet mafia. Mm-hmm. And for the listeners who are out there, they know what I'm talking about, where they're super anti-Christian. And the attack is, and I see it biblical. I, I see where scorners uh, and scoffers, I see it like prophetically yeah. happening in front of us. Mm-hmm. So I guess my question is, how would you address and how would you address and give encouragement to a new believer to not only to grow in their faith as far as discipleship and evangelism, but to stay faithful. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a big question. We've gone in our culture from God's morality to no morality, you know, moral relativism, you you know, and so your neighbor would find out you're a Christian. Oh, I'm glad that's good and true for you, but it's not good and true for me. Well, now we've gone to new morality. So from God's morality to no morality to new morality, 
It's Isaiah 520. What are those who call evil good and good evil? And um, yeah. and so now if people find out you're a Christian, they say, oh, you're one of those intolerant bigots. You're the reason for all the problems in the world. We'd have world peace and everybody would be prosperous if we just get rid of you Christians. And so what I would say is just just speak the truth in love. Be don't the, the gospel is already offensive as it can be to tell someone, yeah, everything you earned, True. you've earned the eternal flames of hell. Well, that's offensive enough, so we don't need to add offense, uh, the offensiveness to that um, by being obnoxious jerks. And <laughs> um, and so I think what we need to to do is speak the truth in love. I just try to start. I tell everybody. I used to tell everybody, God bless you. Then the COVID thing happened, and also now I say, God bless you and be safe. And I mainly mean be safe from the government. The government doesn't love us anymore. This is not Grandpa's America. True. And so I say, God bless you and be safe, and let people know I care about them. And as I get to see them over and over again, whether it's through the McDonald's drive through or at Starbucks, I look for little opportunities to, to talk with them and, and see if they need prayer and things of that sort. But a gentle witness recognizing that the first person's first impression of Christians, if they're a non-believer, is probably that we're the bad guys. The early church, yes. they were getting busted for being haters of mankind, and uh, we were done a complete uh, return to that. And um, so just speak the truth and love. Jesus said, if you find the world hates you, know that it has uh, hated me before it hated you. And in the last days, we'll be hated in all nations because of his name. And so, um, so we're in those days, uh, but I do think that we need to stop looking for secret formulas. True. The formula that could win is basically the church being the church. Just that, you know, in, in, in our attempt to find common ground, we've got to find common ground to try to lead people to Christ to get a hearing, but our, we've overdone that to where in our attempt to find common ground with the world, we've, the church has become the world. True. We got to stop doing that. We got to present them with an alternative culture, uh, a true loving community, rather than the collectivism of these uh, postmodern, politically correct uh, Marxist uh, communities. We've got to present them with a true alternative community where there is true love. Jesus said, "The world will know you're my disciples by your love for one another." So we speak the truth in love. We look for opportunities. We pray for opportunities. Wake up in the morning, devotionally studying God's word and in prayer. God will fill you with the spirit and then it will become natural to walk in the supernatural. But get grounded in God's word and be a person of prayer. And especially as a new believer, but all believers, we need to be in a good Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church that is not... Uh, you know, that has not surrendered its prophetic voice. True. That is willing to proclaim God's truth uh, to to a world of fake news, a world of lies. So <clears throat> with that, kind of piggyback off of that. So as a new believer, and I mean, that's what we're doing. We're not, the, the whole idea of, of us evangelizing is not stealing other believers from a good solid church and just like, just our, our idea is to go out there and make new disciples and bring people from the loss, the train that's going overboard or over the cliff, rescuing, rescuing them from that train and then bringing them back to uh, a Bible believing church. So with that, once they get, once we plug them into like say our church or a church, uh, 
what would you be? And we've got a couple minutes left. What would be the number one thing that advice that you would give a new believer? I know you said to be be in prayer and be plugged into the Bible, but where do you start? You, you got to if you're a Timothy, if you're a new believer, you got to find a Paul. You got to find somebody, uh, preferably of the same gender. Um, True. And uh, to disciple you, a more mature Christian, be picky about who you select to disciple you. And just as those who disciple others, you know, I would say if you're more more mature of a Christian, um, look, find teachable people to disciple. And you first you disciple one-on-one, then all of a sudden you realize, hey, I'm discipling five guys one-on-one. I got to have some quality time with my family. Let me see if I can get these five guys uh, once a week to go to Family Pancake House with me and we can talk the scriptures. But it's all about, you know, Jesus said, you know, in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, that, that we're to go make disciples, not not make converts, not just lead people to Christ and leave them alone, but make them followers of Christ and pupils of Christ. So make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and then teach them all that God, that Jesus commanded us. And that's what the church is all about. And so we just, we got to get them plugged into a good church. If you're that new believer, seek out people to disciple you, befriend good godly Christians. The Bible says bad company corrupts good morals. And the Bible tells us not to forsake the assembling with other believers. And um, so I would say that, you know, be, be humble enough to realize that you need some guidance. You need some discipleship. And then as you grow in the Lord, look for others to disciple. Okay. So uh, I got about a minute left. So with that, I mean, when you said find the, the same gender and stuff like that, we, we've been very specific. If you're a guy, you're a young man, uh, or even an older guy that's just coming to Christ, you want to seek another man and, and not because it can, you, you want to avoid the appearance of evil and, yeah, and, and you temptation. Don't want to, yeah. And you don't want to be emotionally bonded to a member of the opposite sex other than your spouse. True. And, absolutely. Um, and so uh, guys ought to minister to guys, gals ought to minister to, to gals. We need to be much more modest uh, than, than we are today in our culture. And uh, that's something we can learn from Jesus' day. The, the Jews were very, very modest in, in that yep. areas like that. So, Okay, well, that's about all the time we have today. Uh, so, but yeah, definitely join us. And if you have any questions, uh, you'll hear it in the intro or in the outro, uh, sermonaudio.com forward slash IBD. And you can listen to over 1800 messages, sermon series on just about anything biblical. Uh, I want to thank Pastor Phil for being here in the studio and, uh, I hope you enjoyed it and I look forward to, uh, talking to you again. God bless.